the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I slightly pride myself on that ability. Um, and that literally means anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the big stories of 2022, as we wind down the year, was quiet quitting. You saw the crazy stuff on TikTok or on Instagram, where young men, you know, announce that they're quitting one way or the other. There's been thousands and thousands of articles written on quiet quitting. And yet, do we really understand it? Is it as simple as essentially a way to slightly disengage from your day job and eventually some HR experts say, leave it? By doing things like wearing a suit and going to see the movie Minions with other young men, are you really saying, you know, hey, take this job and shove it? I'm going to see a movie today. Percentage of U.S. workers who said they were actively disengaged, quiet quitting. That's what I think quiet quitting is. Actively disengaged. It hovered around 20% from 2007 to 2015. It dropped to 13% in 2018. But between 2020 and 2022, you saw that number jump to 32%. What was quiet quitting all about? Two years plus of a global pandemic, constant rumors of an upcoming recession, food costing more than it ever has. It makes some sense that some people rejected the hustle culture of get a job, work hard, just to barely make ends meet. Some business executives did the wrong thing during quiet quitting, and they would say lazy millennials talking about how they're slacking off. No, God! Bad bosses burn you out. Almost as bad as pandemics. So that was the phrase the year quiet quitting. Um... I think the funny one, completely out of Stripe CEO, Patrick Collison, he offered a detailed explanation when he laid off a large part of his staff, and he said, I got this one wrong. We overhired for the world we're in. Mark Zuckerberg did the same exact specific hiring quote 
I want to take accountability for these decisions and for how we got here. A phrase that wasn't quite as good was gaslighting. Added to Miriam Webster's word of the year. It was up 1,700% in searches. It describes a kind of manipulation that makes the victim feel question their sanity. NFTs were all a little gaslit last year. See how it's used? Elon Musk in 2022. Oh boy, did he tweet. His attempt to moonlight as the international diplomat didn't last long. On October 3rd, he floated a plan on Twitter for how Russia and Ukraine could negotiate peace. It was a four-part proposal that mirrored, strangely enough, Vladimir Putin's four-part proposal. And you're like, did Elon Musk just, is he really a puppet of Russia? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of saw that too. Musk tried to do diplomacy, geopolitics. Expert Ian Bremer claimed in his newsletter that Musk told him he spoke to Putin before he tweeted the plan. Musk denied the claim and said he hasn't spoken to Putin in 18 months and that the conversation had been about peace. Nobody out there was innocent in the world of Twitter sphere this year. It was just an odd thing where we looked at Elon Musk and said, really? Do you remember this year started off with Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars? The Academy Awards. The slapping incident. Slapgate. A slap heard around the world. The slap. Say what? It was two seconds of live video that's been reposted, remixed, reimagined in about a bazillion, gazillion, trillion ways. The uncensored clip had 104 million views on YouTube. What Smith yelled after the slap, keep my wife's name out of your freaking mouth. Substitute freaking for something else. It became a TikTok trend. It became a plaything for DJs. Will Smith got himself out on The Daily Show and was deeply remorseful. And we kind of forgave him. He's in an Academy Award nominated movie this year. He's kind of back because he laid low. What a year, huh? You remember this year as a year where we talked about what party's going to gain control of the Senate a little bit too often on the show? Where we talked about the word inflation a lot too often? Where we talked about the word that we're going to be is the word next year is going to be the R word recession. So this time next year, I expect to say, I've said the word recession so many freaking freaking times, I'll never say it again. Which film do you think was going to have a bigger opening, Avatar or Black Panther? Or were we all going to be proven wrong? Black Panther pulled in $180 million on their opening Avatar pulled in $134 million. At the start of the year, we would have said Argentina winning the World Cup, probably not going to happen because Messi has this bad legacy of leaving his best. Not quite at the finish line. But yeah, he pulled it off. 
Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you ever want to talk about, we're allowed to talk about on this show, which is kind of nice. We have our little safe place for questions. Tesla's plunged 11% yesterday. It's down 44% for the month. Will it be a big winner this year? The ARK Innovation Fund run by Kathy Wood, who two years ago we looked at and it was like, you're really ahead of the curve by all these great pent-up demand kind of companies. And now we're like, um, you've had really three rough years. And you don't really have a lot to show for it post-pandemic. Um, she's kind of goofy. When she talks about her ways of analyzing companies, it's it's not metrics that you and I would use. Price to sales ratio, price to earnings ratios, price of um, you know, how much debt to, debt to equity does the company have. Santa hasn't left the building, but he seems to be stuck in the revolving door. After the first two days of the Santa Claus rally period, the S&P 500 is up less than seven points. Are we going to get a Santa Claus rally? I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Let's talk about what we're seeing out there as we wrap up the year. Home prices are continuing to slip. I bought a home in 20, let me think of this, right, 2021. And it went up and it went up. And it went up until the start of 2022. For five months after I bought it, not only did I look like a genius, but it was accelerating how much it was going up. It was going up 100000 a month. And then 2022 came along and said, humble. Not going to work like that forever, Mr. Black. Home prices continue to lose steam 10 months later through the month of October, a trend that's likely to continue into next year's higher mortgage rates, dense sales volumes. Not a lot of volume, volume, volume going on. Right now, it's more about location, location, location. Home prices, though, not in my case, where it was like a six-figure, five-figure jump. And it's like, sweet. I only made $50,000 last month for doing nothing but watch my home price appreciate. That's not the case anymore. Home prices have declined a seasonally adjusted three-tenths of 1%. From the month prior. Price gains on a year-over-year basis slowed to 9.2% from 10.7%. I'm in a higher-end property, and it ain't growing. October 2022 marked the fourth consecutive month of declining home prices in the United States. Those declines, of course, came after strong increases in late 21 and the first half of 2022. We will get a couple months more into this and we'll say, oh, maybe we're starting to see it like evening, flattening, going a little bit lower. Hey, Schiller's 20 city composite index declined to seasonally adjusted five tenths of 1%. So it's, it's pretty broad based. Declining home prices in October are likely a little surprise to those who've been watching existing home sales. 
fall month over month as mortgage rates uh, rose. Consensus estimates as anticipated a month over month decline of 1.2%, a year over year growth slowing to 8%. So it's slowing on a month to month basis quickly. And on a year over year basis, it's looking a little bit larger, 8% decline. What the Fed does with their formula to try to reduce inflation, it doesn't necessarily bleed into the real estate market, obviously. Over time, it does because the average couple who could afford the average mortgage pays above average costs on a year-over-year basis now for their mortgage, not for their cash, not for their stock investments, but their mortgage costs. So that's out there. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what the heck happens with Elon Musk and Tesla in 2023. We're talking recession. We're talking about a guy who probably got in over his skis in buying Twitter. Maybe he's got some genius plan that none of us see. He tried to cancel the deal. He tried to say the bots were problematic, that Twitter lied. And then he realized, oh, poop. I signed a piece of paper that said, I'll buy the company as is. And now that the company has started seeing people quit, it's, it's my problem. It'll be interesting to see how Twitter does because it's we're heading into an advertising recession, which I, you can make the point that that's priced in because it's Wall Street is a six month forward leading indicator of what it thinks is going to happen. So if you take a look at companies like OG Snap and Facebook and Google, you can see what the market thinks is going to happen in the next six months of advertising and how much companies will be able to get. Twitter's on that list. They're just quietly on that list now because they're private. Elon Musk is going to still see some more pain. And and I guess I shouldn't say this because it makes me sound weird. It makes me sound evil. I think he kind of deserves this. If you're going to tweet by the sword, then die by the sword. And he's been one of the loudest people on Twitter for the last three years. Just, I think, sometimes overstepping. Metaverse is off to an ominous start after the VR headset sales shrink in 2022. Sales of their virtual reality headset in the U.S. declined 2% year over year. Um, in February of 2023, Sony's releasing their VR headsets that are linked to their pretty powerful Sony PlayStation 5s. Will 2023 be the year that Mark Zuckerberg has to go, I'm sorry, the metaverse isn't what I thought it would be, and I put too much money and too much hiring into it too soon. He so badly wants to be ahead of Apple and Sony. Worldwide shipments of his VR headset dropped more than 12% to 9.6 million in 2022. Apple's coming into the market, we think, in 2023. 
the funny part would be, will Mark Zuckerberg change the name from Meta back to Facebook? Literally, their numbers had nothing wrong with them for most of the year, except for they kept pumping billions and billions and billions into the metaverse. And as we saw it, it was comically bad. People didn't have legs in the metaverse. Mark Zuckerberg is one of the lead avatars, so you can't ever get away from the dude. I want my avatar to be like a a 28-year-old British woman or a 32-year-old Australian man. I don't want my avatar to be Mark the Nerd Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg has been looking to VR devices and related technologies to pull meta into the future. They've tried a phone. They've tried picture frames. Nothing's really catching on in the world of hardware for Facebook, and it continues. Year over year, the number of VR headsets sold dropped 12%. Will Meta drop this project? If it did, I'm a buy in the stock. But we need that formal announcement. And again, I'm going to consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks I hear on the show. Are you? You should. Um, and uh, I, things may change on that one, okay? But that's the idea. He's in over his head, and we want to see him quit. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I can see Haim in concert in 2022 with my son, which was one of my highlights. I used to say that about girlfriends or wives or best friends, and now I get to say it about my sons, and it's pretty fun to say out loud. I've had a good year. Hopefully you've had a good year. I don't couch my good year on whether the market hits all-time highs or not. In 2021, the market hit all-time highs 70 times. I was more stressed in that kind of environment of wanting to keep up because hot stock markets create inflation. And the Fed has kind of won. By raising interest rates, they've said, we're going to kill inflation. Anything that's growthy that can get free money and continue to be growthy in the eyes of investors, we're going to kill by taking away the free money or the cheap money. Sometimes I say things that are a little bit too exaggerated, and I'm sorry about that. When I say the Fed was giving away free money, they were not quite giving away free money. It was just really, really, really cheap money. I own shares of Apple, and I certainly wish Apple would have borrowed more money when it was cheaper. Because to, to run a business on a global scale, it takes billions of dollars. To open up new factories to diversify out of China takes billions of dollars. So even in a scenario that I really liked, I can still criticize it. Let's talk Bitcoin. One of the things I love is seeing music this year. One of the things I don't love is trying to dance. When your son has more dancing moves than you do, you're like in trouble. Because he's 12. How low will Bitcoin go? I've never liked limbo, never, ever liked weddings, and I never liked dancing at weddings, especially when it's limbo. Digital assets have had a historically bad 2022. Total market capitalization of crypto tumbled below $800 billion from nearly $3 trillion in November of 2021. Bitcoin has fallen by more than 75% over the same period. 
there's been a dramatic, very high drama decline in tokens. And the tokens seem to run kind of as speculative as the stock market does. When the market hits 70, you know, 70 new highs, the tokens were hitting new highs. There's cracks in crypto from the meltdown of stablecoin ecosystem Terra to the bankruptcy of exchange FTX. It spurred us talking about the crypto winter, the crypto apocalypse. I luckily don't own any crypto. I found myself flirting with it in 2022. Because I was like, if other people could buy these digital lottery tickets that keep going up in value, why can't I? And when I realized that's what I was saying out loud, I was like, no, I can't buy it. I can't hurt people. I can't hurt the audience. Because if I bought it, I'd have to tell you, right? The biggest challenge for digital assets is going to be the macro backdrop. Namely, how much more the Federal Reserve hikes interest rates as it battles inflation. And whether that will cause a recession and how does crypto do during a recession? I don't want to say I'm sexy because I could put bread on the table for my partner, but I'm kind of sexy because I could put bread on the table for my partner. During a recession, I put less bread on the table. And if it were to hit me in my earlier days, I'd put no bread on the table and I'd sell my assets, whether they be stocks, bonds, real estate, or digital currencies. There's no real trigger panic or crash in 2022. And that's something that's really messed me up because I keep waiting for it. And it's just a reminder the bear market's not done roaring. Let me repeat that. There's been no trigger moment. There's been no whoosh. There's been no panic. We haven't used the word crash with stock market. Typically, bear markets end with some sort of drama. Now, again, the NASDAQ down 30% from its recent highs. You're like, that's a lot of drama right there. No, I don't think so. The closest thing I can say that has been most dramatic is Tesla going from $400 a share to the low 100s. To me, that feels like a hyper growth stock got broken. But I kind of still want to see like the CEO of a company leave um, per, in in the perp walk. I kind of want to see something on the cover of Barron's or the Wall Street Journal. Stocks are dead. Crypto is dead. Long live cash. Um, we haven't hit that headline whoosh panic. And honestly, it, it felt like 2022 was a year of, oh, the 5% correction became 10%. We're good with that. The 10% became 15%. You were good with that too. 15 became 20. Eh, that doesn't feel good. But there's never been a moment of screw you stocks. I hate you. There's never been a moment where you're like your email statement has come. And I looked at my finances yesterday. I was doing a last second juggling of cash, moving it from one account to another and funding on another account. I looked at my stocks, but do you know in 2000 to 2002, there was periods where I was like, I'm not even going to open my statement. 
I know that, that that stock is hit and I don't need to be reminded I'm the idiot for buying it. It wasn't a lot of stocks. I wouldn't still be doing it if that was the case. I've got one stock in 2022 that I wish I didn't get. One. And everything else I don't regret. Whether I held it or bought it. Keep in mind, some of my wealth is managed by EP Wealth. And I don't even know what they own. Um, I try not to know because I do this show. And I don't want to start going, Eli Lilly or Novo Nordisk looks great because they have that fat drug where all you have to do is take a pill and you lose weight. It's a pretty amazing drug. It's for type 2 diabetes. Um, and it's the O-O-O-Zapic one. All you got to do is pop a pill and you lose weight. Holy mackerel. And it's not killing people. And it's not causing them like gassy stools. We were like, did I just have to listen to a commercial about gas? Oh, no. So moving forward. 2022 electric vehicles. Very good year to be an electric vehicle. Congress and the president embraced electric vehicles. This year, auto stocks weren't just about Elon Musk and Tesla. The automaker with the lowest decline was Ferrari, reminding us that as much as the electric vehicle market is all that in a bucket of chicken this year, um, and there's a lot of demand destruction going on, 2022 was a daunting year for the auto stocks because 2021 was so wonderful. A lot of the EV startups were the big losers of 2022. I own none of these. Rivian, Lucid, Canoe, Nikolai. They all came in 2021 and people were like, it's the next Tesla. And I'm like, the next Tesla is probably Tesla. Get the, get the Cybertruck out, Tesla, and you'll be the next Tesla. No Cybertruck. So last year, or 2022, I'm still talking about it as last year because we're not quite in 2023, but it feels like it, right? But Rivian, Luce, and Canoe, and Nikola all struggled down about 76% on average. We also saw General Motors and Ford um, temper their stock declines. Both experienced declines of 40%, barring any major surprise through the rest of the year. Other big giants like Nissan and Toyota and Volkswagen declined 25%. So 25% for the, the Toyota and Volkswagens, 40% for the General Motors and Fords, and 76% for the Rivian Lucid Canoes and Nikola. Um, pretty tough. Pretty tough to be an automaker in 2022. The company with the smallest decline out of them all was Ferrari, which is down 18%. Yes, you can buy shares of Ferrari. The waiting list for Ferrari is long. The company limits its annual production to preserve its pricing power and exclusivity. That's a happy situation that gives Ferrari exceptionally strong profit margins and ensures the company um, isn't likely to be idled anytime soon with factory shutdowns. Most Ferrari models were sold out for the year by early November last year. 
Ferrari has several new models in the way in the in the um, production plan is probably how I want to say that. So as they went public, they also said, we're going to make more Ferraris and we're going to make different types of Ferraris. One minute. Is it a stock you want to own? Ticker symbol is race. It is not a stock I want to own. Um, I'm just not a, I'm not a car person. If I were to say between Ferrari and Tesla and Fisker and Ford and VW and GM and Canoe and Lucid and Rivian, if I were to take a speculative twist, it would be on Ferrari, but it's just not me. I think they have a brand that was around when I was a little kid, and I think Porsche will be around. That's around when I'm an old man, and my kids are old men, and my kids' kids become old men. I could be wrong. Maybe Ferraris won't be cool. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Paul Abdul's 60 years old. We all get older. I know you're saying, is that all you got? Pretty much so. No, it's not. Russia's banning oil sales to countries abiding by the price cap. Wall Street Journal is reporting day. Hong Kong has removed most of its coronavirus restrictions for visitors. The flight situation for Southwest Airlines remains a huge mess with Congress saying, why are you canceling so many flights and your competitors are not? You're ruining Christmas for everyone, Southwest. That's kind of a story today. As odd as it it may sound, it's kind of a story for the day. Southwest is warning more flight cancellations ahead as meltdown draws federal scrutiny. Guess what I'm doing later today? Getting on a flight in with Southwest. But I'm going somewhere warm, which is good. Um, As the flight probably won't be canceled, but you better bet I'm taking double luck, right? Um, Alcohol is no longer cool. What is this story all about? What is this movement all about? I watched the movement of millennials. Do you know why? Because I used to watch the movement of Generation Xers. And when I was under the age of 35 or even under the age of 40, I spent more money discretionarily. Just like, I'm going to go see a concert. I'm going to be in the front row. I'm going to take my sugar booger and we're going to have a good time. We're going to get a nice hotel. Like I spent money before I saved money. So any trend that ties to the millennials or the zillennials, I'm going to eyeball because that's where the money is. I'm not going to get too caught up and follow the money. But the low cost of money has been a really riveting, easy story to make money on on Wall Street. And now they're taking away the punch bowl of the cheap money. So I do pay attention to millennials. That may annoy you. I get it. But... This year, how are you going to be celebrating New Year's? I want to know. CNN is going to cut back on showing on-screen alcohol consumption during its New Year's Eve broadcast. Boo! As search interest in sobriety, too. Yeah! There's a sober, curious movement going on, and that makes me scared to own stocks like Anheuser-Busch. Younger people just don't drink as much as boomers did at their age, and the trend is moving away from alcohol. That hasn't happened since the 1980s. 
millennials and Zoomers or Zillennials, if you want to put the, put them two together, are drinking less than boomers in Generation X did at their age. Pop culture has been historically pervasive. 56% of millennials consider themselves to be mindful drinkers compared to 37% of baby boomers. Researchers found that a number of college students aged 18 to 20, 22, 18 to 22 in the U.S. abstained from drinking increased from 20% in 2002 to 28% in 2018. So there's a definitive trend of less alcohol. But wait, aren't we supposed to get messed up for New Year's Eve? Isn't that part of our culture? Isn't that the American way of getting a little sloppy? Oh, for the record, don't drink and drive. Not worth it. In California, a drinking and driving ticket is going to cost you a good $10,000. By the time you get an attorney, by the time you pay the fees and the fines and the schools and the classes, by the time you lose work, that's a big financial decision. Get an Uber. Just, I know you're saying that, man, this show went dark fast. It's not just the United States where we're seeing less drinking from younger people. It's also the UK. The percentage of non-drinkers aged 16 to 24 in the UK increased 29% in 2015 from 18% a decade prior. Now, we also know this generation is not making babies very fast because they're living with mom and dad, many of them. There's a little bit of a movement away from alcohol. No amount of alcohol consumption is safe, so says researchers. The report found uh, by a study by The Lancet that the leading risk factor for disease worldwide led by 2.8 million deaths in 2016 and accounted for 10% of deaths for people aged 15 to 49 is tied towards drinking. Drinking one glass of alcohol can shrink your brain. Even light drinking during pregnancy can weaken the fetal brain. Light alcohol consumption can increase the risk of heart problems like hypertension, uh, coronary artery disease. So there's a trend there that I'm not going to make fun of. I'm not going to say something snarky. I'm going to say maybe I don't want to own an alcohol stock. Now, again, do not read into this. Do not send me an email in a year from now and say, you you told me not to buy this. And I'm like, I'm not saying that. Do whatever you feel you want to do. But I look at this kind of data and I go, I wonder if I should even be looking. There's a phrase that started in 2018 called sober curious. There was an author named Ruby Warrington. She published a book with the same name called sober curious. It's an ambiguous phrase. It's inclusive of all kinds of drinkers. People being sober curious means being more mindful of when and why they are drinking. Some sober curious folks cut down or uh, extended periods of abstinence they, they played with. So this is one of those trends that you look at and you go, I didn't think much about that. And you're like, that's kind of interesting. I like a lot of trends and I like a lot of statistics. I like a lot of data. 30. I make no decision by my gut. I'm a data guy. What are you when it comes to investing? You can find me online at Roblox Show, Twitter Roblox Show, YouTube Roblox Show. Stay sober, curious, America, and be safe. Don't drink and drive. Call an Uber. And don't forget to spade and neuter your pets. I'm Roblox. 
For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.